Well, is there anyone in church here today from Mexico? Many times we have people from all over the world. Anyone in church today from Mexico? <laughs> uh, uh, you don't look Mexican, dear sister, okay? But it's okay for you to be wanting to be from, from Mexico. That's okay. Uh, have, have you ever visited? Have you ever visited Mexico either on a trip or uh, um, whatever? School trip? Yeah, quite a few of you have. Okay. Well, this, uh, this story, as far as I know, originates from Mexico, the aboriginal tribesmen in Mexico, the aboriginal tribesmen asked, asked their new chief whether the winter will be cold or mild. And since the young chief never learned the ways of his ancestor, he told, he told them to collect firewood. He said, go collect firewood. And then he went off. He went off and, and called the National Weather Service and uh, the chief said to the weather people, he said, well, what's happening? Will the winter this year, will the winter be bad? The chief asked. Looks like it, looks like it, was the answer. So the chief then told his people to gather more firewood. He said, go, gather more firewood. A week later, he called the weather service again, and he said, are you sure, are you positive the winter will be very cold? Absolutely, they said, absolutely. The chief then told his people to gather even more firewood, more and more firewood as much as they could. And then he called up the weather service once more and he said, are you folks in the weather department certain that it's going to be a really, really bad winter? <clears throat> and they said, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's going to be the coldest winter on record in our country. It's going to be the coldest winter on record. And the chief said, well, how do you know? How do you know? And they said, well, the aboriginals are gathering firewood like crazy. That's how come we know. <laughs> Some of you will need Pastor Lisa to uh, help you get that. <laughs> All right. Would you turn, please, to your Bible and Colossians in the Bible, Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3. This week I heard on the news, and maybe you heard it as well, that according to some official organization, Canada is supposed to be the third best country in the world to start a business. There you go, my brother. Canada's the third best country in the world to start a business. You're one of those people who started a business. Congratulations to you, right? And there are many, many wonderful, wonderful things about our country, and we are very grateful to be a part of our country, and we praise God for this nation in which we live in. I'd like to briefly speak with you and share with you on the topic of what Canada needs as we think of our country. I want to talk about what Canada needs. And there's a beautiful summary of what Canada needs in Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. Here it is. 
Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. My friend, in that paragraph is a beautiful summary of what our country needs. It's what our country really needs from coast to coast. And we're going to focus on just, just a small portion of the truth that is contained therein. And I want to say to us today, first of all, first of all, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, which is compassion, which is compassion. This is what verse 12 says. Look at verse 12. It says, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. Now, this is the New Living Translation of the Bible. That's how it's put. Some Bible translations, such as the New International Version, say this. It says, clothe yourselves with compassion. If you look up the word mercy, if you look up the word mercy in the dictionary, you'll find that one of the definitions is compassion. Compassion. I, I, I just was thinking about this and I thought it, it would just be marvelous if across, across our whole nation we have millions of people who are clothed with, with compassion, whose hearts are filled with compassion. Amen? Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Jesus also said, you must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Think about that. Think about that. You must be compassionate just as your Father, Heavenly Father, is compassionate. I believe many of you, many of you want to become more and more like the Lord. Don't you? Amen? And do you know what the Lord is like? Here's what the Lord is like. Psalm 45 verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful and compassionate. That's what our Lord is like. And Philippians 2.1 says, Are your hearts, are your hearts tender and compassionate? Is your heart tender and compassionate? You and I can practice mercy, compassion, in so many ways, so many ways. Sometimes I've seen or heard of parents, and I suppose you've seen this too. Sometimes I've seen a, a, or heard of parents get very angry with their child for accidentally spilling their milk or spilling some other drink. And sometimes, sometimes parents make, make a little spill sound like a, a major crime. Any of you grow up like that? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. 
Parents, parents, show mercy, show compassion. Show compassion and just say to your child something like, sweetheart, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you accidentally spilled your drink. Let's you and I clean it up together. Let's you and I clean it up together. I was, uh, I was pleased recently, I was with my little grandson who is now four, and I don't know when this happened, maybe it was three, whatever, but anyway, I was pleased that uh, I was with him and, and he spilled something, he spilled something, and uh, even before I could say anything, he said, Papa, Papa, I'm sorry, I, I, spill, I spilled it, but it's not so bad, is it? Uh, you and I just need to clean it up, Papa, right? <laughs> And I said, Yanni, that's true, sweetheart. You and I just have to clean it up. <laughs> thank you, thank you to, to the many of you who show compassion in different ways. Recently, for example, one of our ladies handed me an envelope, gave me an envelope and said, Pastor, if there's a child that can't afford to attend day camp or sports camp, here's some money, here's some money to help cover their costs. And essentially, she was giving a scholarship. Others of you, others of you when, when you see an elderly man or woman having a hard time carrying their groceries into the car, you thoughtfully say, let me help you. Let me help you with that. And praise God for your thoughtfulness. I get blessed when I hear of or, or I see people showing compassion in all kinds of of ways. Recently, a waiter, a waiter at a nearby restaurant was very upset and angry as he realized that a customer he had served had walked out, had walked out on him without paying his $40 dinner bill. Another customer who saw the waiter in distress went up to him and said, Danny, I I'm sorry, I'm sorry that customer didn't pay his bill. Here's $40, so you're not short, sir. Here's $40. A few weeks ago, we, we told you about 10 of our Cuba pastors and their spouses who died in a plane crash, leaving their children orphaned down in Cuba. Thank you to the many of you who responded with compassion and gave generously to help the Cuban pastoral families so that we're able to assist them with nearly $6,000. As individuals and on a corporate or a company level, let's think, let's think of how we can show more compassion on an ongoing basis. Here's what I mean about a, a company or a corporation showing more compassion. When, um, when I buy groceries in a store, I usually buy a family pack, you know? I usually buy, even though, even though our two kids have grown up now and uh, have married and they live in their separate homes, um, I, I still buy the family pack, the larger volume when I buy groceries. But here's something that kind of really bothers me. By the way, when I'm buying in family packs, uh, the, prices, the prices are reasonable. But here's what bothers me. I will usually go and look at the packages which have the same chicken or the same steak, and there's only one in a package. And do you know what bothers me? What, what hurts me is 
usually those individual packages are charged a dollar more per pound. All right? So that a single person, whether it's a, a, a young adult single person or an older single person who maybe just needs one chicken breast instead of six or eight chicken breasts is really paying a higher, a higher price. And, and I don't like to see that. I don't like to see that. And for those of you, for those of you who work and make decisions for grocery stores, all right, anyone listening by radio who, 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 or on the internet who works for grocery stores, please, price products, price products so that a customer who is buying for one person is not having to pay more per pound than someone who is buying for several family members. To me, to me, it's a matter of compassion. Are you with me now? Some of you, some of you, some of you look like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. Well, those of you, those of you who, um, those of you who, who you know, who, who find yourselves buying just for one, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, and it's like, man, I wish someone would stand up for me. I'm standing up for you today, okay? All right? Seriously. You know, here, here's another corporate example, which most of you probably not thought about, but where, where more compassion needs to be shown. I'm sure some of you are going to think, man, how, how or why does that pastor think about these things, okay? But sometimes, sometimes we hear, we hear of a large person who is going on a flight being charged for two seats, for two seats, because their body ends up taking up one and a half seats, right? Now, I know there are a few of you that are going to say, Pastor Nick, business is business, and business is business, okay? But I'm going to say what needs to be said here, all right? If any decision makers in the airline industry are listening, please have compassion and charge extra large people for only one seat, not two. Okay? Only one seat, not two. I, I also have a word for the designers of airplanes. Now, I don't know of any designers in our church here of airplanes, but, but uh, you know, I get interesting feedback from different people across the city who listen to the radio broadcast and or the website, whatever. Uh, so, uh, you know, anyone involved in designing airplanes, listen up. When I have flown anywhere, I usually have not used the airplane washroom, okay? Now, probably some of you hang out in the airplane washroom, and that's okay. But I usually haven't used it much. However, however, on an occasion when I have gone to the airplane bathroom, I myself did not have trouble, problems getting in or out of the bathroom. But, but I did say to myself, I said to myself, wow, if a dear person is really large, they wouldn't even be able to fit into this washroom. 
they wouldn't even be able to get in. Seriously. And so to airplane designers, I, I, I want to show compassion, and I ask airplane designers to show compassion for larger people. Have compassion on them. Don't be, ju- don't be just designing for skinny people like me. Okay. All right, I know. I'm not that skinny. I know. I, I, I know. Okay? Seriously, seriously. Some of you think that I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm, I'm, you know, you know. We need to show compassion in all segments of life. And obviously, I understand that most of you are not involved in setting prices for air, uh, for um, airlines, and you're not involved in designing washrooms for airplanes. But isn't it wonderful? Isn't it marvelous? The many, many ways in which you and I can show compassion. Some of you show compassion by taking over a nice meal to someone who just went home from the hospital. Others of you show compassion when you see a lady in front of a store holding a cardboard sign in 33 or 35 degree centigrade weather. You see a dear lady holding a sign which says, I have three children, please help me. And you go over and you go over to her and you, you try to find out what her need and situation is and, and, and you joyfully, you joyfully give her $10 or $20 or $50 or $100, whatever is possible. And she begins, she begins to say to you with tears of gratitude streaming down her face, she begins to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And others, others of you may want to show your compassion by sponsoring a, a needy child in a developing country through our Church of the Nazarene Child Sponsorship Program or through some other reputable agency that helps needy children around the world. Thank you to the many of you who are already showing ongoing compassion. And thank you to the many others of you who, who from this day forward will, will be saying, Lord, excuse me, Lord, fill my heart with compassion. Lord, I, I, want, I want to be clothed with compassion just as Colossians 3 speaks of. Canada needs people of compassion. And the United States needs people of compassion. Amen, my sister? She, she's going to go back to California either saying, I really like that pastor in Canada, or I'm never going back to that place. <laughs> in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 41, it says, moved, moved, listen, listen, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. Who will you reach out to with compassion this week? This week. Amen? Whoever you are, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, with compassion. Amen. 
Now, Colossians 3, verse 12, goes on to tell us to also clothe ourselves, clothe ourselves with kindness, with kindness. Now, I know some of you are thinking, oh, I, I know all about kindness, Pastor Nick. I don't have to listen. You'll be surprised what you discover in the next few minutes here. Kindness. Now, there is some overlap between kindness and compassion. This part of our Bible that we call Colossians, it was written to a group of believers in the city of Colossae, or Colossae, okay? But this part of our Bible was originally written in Greek, Koine Greek. The Greek word which is translated kindness in our English Bible is Christotis, Christotis. And the ancient writers defined Christotis as, listen to this, as the virtue of a person who is just as concerned for good things to happen to someone else as to himself or herself. Can you go with me? Wow. On three, ready? One, two, three. Wow. I mean, you didn't know that that's what kindness really means originally, did you? You're supposed to say, no. A few of you might have, might have known it. Okay? But that, that's what the Greek word, the Greek word, Christotis, originally meant. Just think. Just imagine if everyone in our city, everyone in our province, everyone in Canada is just as concerned for good things to happen to someone else as they are about good things happening to themselves. That's kindness. Are you and I just as concerned for good things to happen to someone else, to someone else. That is what the original Greek word translated kindness meant. In today's world, here are, here are some explanations, definitions, whatever you might want to call them, of kindness, all right? Here's one of them. The quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. That's part of it. Here's another one. Kindness is respect and helping others without waiting for someone to help you back. Isn't that good? You up in the balcony. Isn't that good? Yeah. All right. Kindness. Here's, here's what another person writes about kindness. All right. Kindness is a sincere desire for the happiness of others. Kindness is the inner disposition created by the Holy Spirit that causes us to be sensitive to the needs of others, whether physical, emotional, or spiritual. Wow. The Bible tells us that God is kind towards you and me. Romans chapter two, verse four says this. 
Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Read it with me from the big screen. Read it out loud. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Galatians 5.22 lists kindness as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, a person who is filled with kindness might say, oh, my neighbor just had surgery. Let me cut their grass when I'm cutting my own grass. A person who is filled with kindness might ask someone, how, how are you really doing? And then, and then really listen. Listen carefully to his or her response. Don't just say, how are you doing? And then talk about the weather. But listen to their response. At your workplace, at your workplace, out of kindness, occasionally you might want to bring, you might want to bring a, a tray, if this is acceptable in your workplace. Occasionally you might want to bring a, a tray of, of cheese and crackers or a tray of fruit or a box of donuts to share at the office, at the school, or at the factory, Right? Or you, you might consider, these are some suggestions, some ideas for kindness. You might consider calling or writing a former teacher or mentor who changed your life. You might want to phone them or call them, write them, whatever, and, and just say, you know what, thank you for making a difference in my life. Thank you. On occasion, you might, you might forgive someone a debt that they owe. You might, you might forgive someone a debt and you never bring it up again. Anyone smiling as you hear that? Huh? You know? Maybe someone, maybe, maybe there's someone that you should forgive a debt to. Never bring it up again. Amen? You might, uh, here's another idea, you might get together with a friend or two one evening. You might want to go downtown Toronto and, and give away, give away $5 or $10 Tim Horton or McDonald's gift certificates to homeless people, to homeless people sleeping along University Avenue or along one of the other streets. We've done that on various occasions with our youth group, trying to inspire and, and encourage and teach our young people to to help others, to show kindness, to be generous. There are all kinds of ideas for kindness. And I want to encourage all of us to really uh, zone in, pinpoint, and, and, and try, try to live out kindness on a, on a daily, regular basis. I received a surprise phone call from a medical doctor this week. Total surprise. And he said, he said, Pastor Nick, I'm in Toronto for a few weeks. Can I come and see you? We agreed to meet over lunch, and he brought his wife. His first name 
is Paul. The reason I knew him was because when I was attending Kennedy Road Church of the Nazarene here in Toronto, where I came to faith and trust in Jesus, when I was attending that church during my university days, I was teaching the grade 7 and 8 Sunday school class, and he was one of my students. He was one of my students. Almost every Sunday, Paul and the pastor's son, David, a few of you knew him, Paul and David were a constant problem. They were, to put it plainly, they were a royal pain. Sometimes, sometimes I wanted to spank those boys, but I didn't, I didn't, for the record. Both of them, both of them were very smart, but they made teaching the class as difficult as it could get. In fact, I remember one Sunday, one Sunday the two boys put thumbtacks on the chairs and when the other students sat down, the other students all screamed. Well, Paul and David got a big, big laugh out of that and they thought it was great. They just thought it was, you know, success. All right? Well, as, as this gentleman, Paul, I'll call him Dr. Paul, as Dr. Paul, his wife and I sat down to have lunch, I wondered, I wondered what Dr. Paul wanted to see me about. Now I want you to know I've never held any grudge against Paul or the other young man for their misbehavior in my Sunday school class, okay? For the record, I've never held anything against them. But uh, I wondered what he wanted to see me about. A few minutes, a few minutes into our conversation, he said this. He said, Pastor Nick, when I was in grades seven and eight, you were my Sunday school teacher at Kennedy Road Church of the Nazarene. And then he said, Pastor Nick, I was a real pain in your class. And I said, you sure were. You sure were. He said, he said, David and I really made it tough for you to teach our class, and I'm very sorry we were so bad. I, I think I thanked him for the apology. And then, then he went on. Then he went on to tell me of how years back, years back, he graduated from medical school, medical school at the University of Toronto. And he told me of how he felt the Lord had called him to be a medical missionary, medical doctor missionary. And if I remember the details correctly, in 1994, Dr. Paul went to Zimbabwe, Africa, where Soon after, he met and married his wife from Zimbabwe. And now for almost 25 years, he has served as a medical missionary doctor, a surgeon in two rural hospitals. And through his medical work, 
Dr. Paul has tried to spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. As best as I could figure out, figure things out, the main reason he wanted to see me was primarily to say, I'm sorry I was such a pain in your grade seven and eight Sunday school class. Now here, here is what the Lord has done with my life since then. Well, in my lunchtime with Dr. Paul and his wife, I tried to find out as much as I could from them about their lives, their ministry, their work in Zimbabwe, and then I prayed with them. In in many ways, Dr. Paul carried out an act of kindness, an act of kindness towards me by wanting to see me and talk with me after many years. Sometimes kindness is expressed in so many different ways, isn't it? The Bible says, the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. And so the question is, to whom will you and I show kindness this week? Our country of Canada needs an abundance of compassion and kindness. And I believe that God's people, Christians, ought to be the ones who lead the way in showing compassion and kindness in our homes, in our church, at work, at school, in your neighborhood, at the grocery store, at the gas station, wherever we find ourselves. Amen? The Bible says Jesus was filled with compassion. And Jesus was filled with kindness. May you and I ask him, to make, to make us more like him. How? Through his spirit. Because it is his spirit, the Lord's spirit, that makes and molds us and transforms us on the inside so that what we do outwardly is an expression of what God has done inwardly in our hearts transforming us into his image. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for instructing us in this passage of Scripture, instructing us in such a way that we want We want to become more and more people of compassion and kindness. Let it be so, Lord, with each one of us. Make us and mold us. 
Fill our hearts with the compassion and the kindness that you want us to express in practical ways on a regular basis for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.